Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Today joining me, we have Jordan Sternberg, Senior Vice President of Sales for Signature MD. Jordan, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you, Jordan. Especially, he, Jordan's at a conference, um, if you're listening and you're not watching on YouTube. Uh, so I really appreciate you being so flexible and coming on the show. Um, Jordan, Absolutely. tell us a bit about Signature MD. Yeah, Signature MD is the second largest concierge medicine group in the country. Uh, we are in 37 states, have over 250 uh, doctors across multiple different specialties. Um, and what we do is we help independent doctors stay independent. And so really what that means is we help our doctors transition to a concierge model. Uh, what makes us different than, let's say, the 1,000-pound gorilla that we compete against is that our doctors can do concierge. And if they have mid-levels, they'll see the patients that don't want to be members so really, the doctors will have a little bit better work-life balance. They'll have an additional two to $400,000 additional revenue, and yet they'll still be able to take care of the patients that they've had for 20-plus years. So it's a win-win for everyone. It keeps your doctors independent so they don't get gobbled up by those giant hospitals right, and large organizations. Um, and it's truly a win-win for uh, both the patient and the doctor. Yeah, and that really is the trend, I think, for all the physicians I know that um, mm -hmm. are just fed up with you know insurance companies and just the hassle and everything associated with that and much prefer That's this it. model yeah it's um it is a, an interesting time in our healthcare system right the doctors are getting paid less and less the patients are wanting more and more we're in a world of i want it now immediate gratification and you know, doctors are getting tired and so this is a way to people slow down a little bit they'll take care of their families and their, their patients and so it's been a great experience here. Yeah. Personally speaking, my father, his physician switched to this model and my dad loves it because it takes a bit of the stress yeah. out from the patient side because he knows he can just show yep. up and they're going to take care of him and he's going to have time to sit and talk with him. He's not going to have to rush yep. off to the next patient. That's it. Well, physical, the same day, next day availability. Truly the, the patients that like that kind of extra feel and touch from their doctors thrive in this model. Oh yeah. It's awesome. Uh, Jordan, when you look back over your career, what are the three things that have really driven and contributed to your success? The three things that have driven my success. So the first would be, I've done things that other salespeople in my position didn't want to do. So I took the opportunities when asked and I raised my hand and said, hey, I'll travel the country. It was launching ZocDoc, right, in different markets. Uh, if it was at One Medical doing that additional job, right, and, and making and showing the company that, you know, even if I didn't know how to do it, I'd figure it out along the way and ask a lot of questions and be okay asking for help. And that's so I learned from some great people. Um, and then truly the third is grounded and having the ability to say, I need help and talking to great sales leaders across the country um, and, and getting feedback, you know, being open to feedback has really helped my career as a sales leader. It really has. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, 
when you look at your LinkedIn profile, one of the things that really stood out for me, right at the top, first thing, serial optimist. Talk to me about that. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I believe that there's always a good to everything, anything that happens, right? I am always happy. If you talk to anyone I've managed or worked with, you know, one of the things I, I try to do is smile. Um, and it's, there's always a good that's going to come out. So even in the worst days, we'll figure it out, right? And in sales, as you're well aware, there's ups and downs, peaks and valleys. And so it's how we get up and how we motivate each other to do better. And that's why I've seen success in, in my personal and with my teams, right? Um, and it, it comes across, I believe, to the people you're selling, but when you're smiling and you're confident. And so, honestly, you know, I'm, I like to say I'm living the dream. You know, whether it's a good day or bad day, it, it's a good day. Were you like that when you first started your career in sales, or is that something you developed over time? I, I think it's developed over time, honestly. Um, you know, it's just something that when I early in sales, I was not, I probably wasn't as competent as I could be. I wasn't always happy. I was getting beat up like a lot of young salespeople. And one day, um, someone told me, you know, uh, no longer a friend said, I can't believe you're doing this. You know, you're never going to be good. And something clicked in my head that said, you know what? I am going to be good. I'm going to be great. And ever since that day, I have come to just feel confident and smile, right? Um, and it's worked out well. That's awesome. I am one of those people that believes there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is a byproduct. Joy is a decision. And yep. when you live your life filled with joy, it's intentional, it's purposeful, and it tr is truly yep. impactful. And I think it's infectious. Do you find this similar with your approach? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I truly believe that our my teams and executive leadership and board, you know, they feed off positive energy, right? When you're negative and, and you surround yourself with negativity, all it does is bring people down. You know, it, it's the world's hard enough. Our jobs are hard enough. You don't want to be around that. You're the people you sell to don't want to be around that, right? No. Um, so smile from ear to ear. Be empathetic. Feel good. It's okay to also have bad days, but bounce back and put a smile on your face, and it, it definitely spreads. Now, going negative here for just a little bit. Um, sure. What was the hardest thing, hardest lesson you had to learn as a young salesperson? Uh, you know, it's it's probably the hardest lesson would absolutely have to be the don't oversell, don't over-exaggerate. You will be found out. Um, and I remember, you know, being called out early on and having egg on my face. Um, and it was a humbling experience, if you will. It was a giant deal. And um, that's where I learned to ask for help and be honest and always be upfront. You know, nothing to say about those used car salesmen, because I, I think there's some amazing used car salesmen out there, right, who are honest and upfront. But, you know, I, I learned early on that you cannot over-exaggerate and you can't oversell something. You be honest, you do the right thing for your client. Um, and that was a hard lesson early on. Um, that was my most humbling time, honestly. Yeah, that's... I think we've all had those moments, whether it's in sales or just regular life, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. a, that's a I, tough I, one to I get can, called out on. Yeah, early on, uh, trying to have that ego of a young sales guy trying to sell a million dollar deal. And, you know, it, it blows up in your face because you weren't truthful and you weren't doing the right thing. 
it's a hard lesson to learn, but you, you learn and you grow from that, right? Right. What was your transition from salesperson into sales leader like? Was that a positive, good experience or was it difficult? It was a positive experience. Um, I always, again, there was a switch that happened in my life to where I went from being a follower to a leader um, and specifically in sales. And it was that switch where I, I took the opportunity and I was given the opportunity to lead a team. Um, and it was, it was great. You know, I stumbled along the way. Um, I had great managers who made sure I was saying the right thing, doing the right thing. Um, cause I was, I was a young person managing young people. Right. And so it was, it was a good positive experience, a lot of bumps along the way. Um, but it, it was great. It truly was great early on. That's awesome. What role did the person who tapped you on the shoulder and said, Jordan, I want you to move into this leader posi- leadership position. What role did they play in that transition for you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was, so his name was Andre, right, from ZocDoc. And I was uh, learning uh, sales operations at the time. Um, a gentleman named Saul uh, was an amazing coach and mentor, right? And taught me all about sales ops. I was the only salesperson in sales ops. Everyone else was from McKenzie and Bain and super smart people. Um, and then an opportunity came up on the inside sales SDR side. And I was talking to Andre. Um, and he said, you know what? It's like, give it a shot, right? You've done the role. You know how to do it. You're a top rep. Um, and I know a lot of top reps have failed being managers. And so he, he led me um, to learn how to lead and manage early on. And I think that's what's helped me grow throughout my career is been fortunate enough to have some great leaders who held my hand along the way. Um, but again, it's an ego thing where you, it's okay to ask for help saying, I, I need to get better, right? So. Now, before um, we started recording, you had talked about how important servant leadership is to you. Is that where that started? It sounds like that's exactly the model Andre was was working from that framework. Yeah, you know, I, I think so. You know, we, uh, you know, ZocDoc was uh, Cyrus and Netta and Oliver. They were they were truly leading from the front. We were a, a rough and tumble kind of startup right out of New York, and so as we we're coming and scaling, um, it was. Uh, a, definitely where I started learning that from. But honestly, early on in my day, I was, uh, I had the opportunity to be in a fraternity and my, the leaders there, you know, from Memphis uh, taught us kind of, that's where I probably got it from even earlier than now I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Really interesting that you just brought that up and I didn't think about it until now. Yeah. So how do you live servant leadership, that, that framework, that mantra in your daily role now as VP of sales? Yeah, I try to prioritize the growth and well-being of my team, right? Um, and my goal is to empower them to be successful. And so I, I I take pleasure, I take pride in my team hitting our goals, personal goals as well, right? Um, and so everything I do, all the decisions I make, I do it with my team for the betterment of my team. You know, someone taught me early on in my career, as a leader, you don't take the wins, your team takes the wins, you take the losses, right, as a leader. And I believe that's helped me grow as a, a servant leader, right? And I and I try to live that every day. Well, that's really powerful. That uh, and interesting. That I think you're the first one on the the show that said it to me that way. That the role of the leader is to take the losses, because um, that's a big part of sales. I mean, you you can't win every deal, right? 
you cannot. I wish I could, right? That's right. <laughs> but uh, we lose. <laughs> so how do you leverage those losses as opportunities to grow your team? Yeah, you know, look, uh, salespeople, we, you know, someone, someone says, do you, do you hate to, do you love to win or hate to lose, right? We, we all hate to lose, or most of us hate to lose, right? But you can learn from, from you know, those losses. And so if you sit back, you look at your notes, um, in your CRM and you're in your kind of going to feedback from the person who said no. Right. Um, and you learn from that and you, but you also share it with your team. You know, you share it with, uh, your, it's not just a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's with the team. This is how we lost it. What can you do to be better? And that's how my team is successful. Yep. Learn from your losses as much as your wins. What was the worst loss you ever had? Worst loss I've ever had. Ah, uh, um, <laughs> probably, and I think I'm, I, I, I will say I worked at a company called Care Club, right? I was, uh, running our inside sales, sales opportunity to win a government bid. We did everything the right way. We were neck and neck with the, the players that are the players, Cerner, you know, the big boys. Um, and it would be a game changing for my company. It was, it would be life altering for everyone involved. And we were runner up. We lost, right? The one functionality we did not have. And you know what? That that hurt because it wasn't just a loss for me. It was a loss for my team, my company. Um, and that that has impacted me. Um, that as my worst loss. You know, there's probably other ones. Yeah. But when you when you lose something so close, right? That can make such a big change. Um, that that one hurt. But I learned real quick from that one as well. Yeah. Rose colored glasses. Don't always wear those rose colored glasses, right? In deals. That's right. Um, I tell that to my team all the time until we have ink on the paper. It doesn't matter how good we feel about it until we get that ink on the paper. I remember in DC, positive. We had it down, right? It was my executive team and me, and we were, we were there. And uh, you walk out, and it was, an, <laughs> it was actually the last time before COVID in there, shut everything down anyway. But, um, I just remember the call saying that's the second place. Oh, second place doesn't mean anything, does it? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Um, how do you keep balancing your team between in the role of a servant leader? How do you maintain that balance between servant and leader and, and still function in your role as a leader? Yeah. You know, it's, you can be a servant leader and still be a strong leader and, and the team will respect you for, being open and honest and having good expectations, right? And I think it's about communication at the end of the day. If you are a good communicator and say, this is what held, I'm held accountable to, you're held accountable to, and there's no smoke and mirrors, there's nothing gray line, it's all on the right side, you can be a leader and a strong leader, um, and it, it works out well for everyone. And I think your team respects you more for that, honestly. Because yeah. ultimately, it does, it's about the numbers, right? Um, you can it's never avoid the, the numbers. numbers. It's sales. No, it's sales. It, it's business. Um, you know, and I, I'll tell you from uh, Saul, who taught me sales operations early on in my career, it was all about being transparent about your expectations to your sales team, right? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. How do you like to build your team? Do you have certain attributes you're looking for when you're hiring for your team? I lost you uh, real quick. I get yeah, let me repeat. Um, when you're building your team, are there certain attributes you're looking for when you're hiring for your team? 
Yeah, you know, um, you're always, for me personally, when I'm looking, I'm looking for keywords in markets, right? So if it's inside sales, looking for a certain profile, someone who's good over the phone, they don't necessarily have to be good face-to-face, but you know what? They have to be confident on the phones. They have to smile through the phones. That is the hardest job, I think, sometimes, instead of being in the field, right? Because you have five seconds when you get someone on the call to get them to stick with you for five minutes. If you're not smiling through the phone and confident and you don't get to that point, um, and so that's what I'm looking for on the inside. On the field, it's a little bit of that swag, right? You have to ha- be able to have that confidence. You have to have a, uh, I hear the word bravado a lot lately, right? But you have to be able to be confident in what you're selling, passionate about what you're selling. Um, you ha- in this day and age, you have to be able to use the tools, the CRM that, to leverage so you're actually efficient salesperson, right? So I'm looking for all those kind of things. Um, when it comes to sales operations, you know, you're looking for a, a salesperson that moved into sales ops because they understand the pain, right? right? Um, and at the same time, they have to be analytical. They have to be able to help enable your team to be successful. So those are kind of some of the things I'm looking for. Um, but I'm really looking for team players, people who will lift another person up, even if you're a top performer. You know, you always have these strong sales reps, but you know what? A strong sales rep with a negative attitude is the worst thing for any sales team. And so I, I'm looking out for red flags like that. What's the hardest part about your job? Yeah, the, the hardest part about uh, my job or just as a sales leader is, is sometimes being that sales leader that has to say goodbye to great people. You know, and I know the thing is it's not personal business. Well, it's always going to be personal for the other person on the other side. And so as a, just as a human being, that, that personally is my hardest part. Uh, I personally like the, you know, the drive and pushing people, right, to be successful. But on the other side, it, that's, that's honestly hard. It's hard to say, I'm sorry this didn't work out. I wish you the best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's, it's not personal it's business, but it'll always be personal to the person who doesn't have a job anymore, right? That's right. Um, and that's going to be my hardest part of my job in my career as a leader. If you could go back in time to and and sit down with the younger version of Jordan, just starting out in a career in sales, what would you say to that younger version of you? You can do it. You can absolutely do it. You can pick up that first phone call into the last call, right? Um, if I knew early on that I I would be where I am today, it, I, I would laugh, right? Um, I, again, there was a switch that happened early on, but if I knew that switch early on, uh, I would have saved me three or four more years. Maybe I'd be in a different level at this point in my career, right? Um, and I, but just you can do it. That's it. I like that a lot. Um, when you're um, uh, engaging with customers and you're, you're working with your, you know, maybe younger members on your team, what uh, skills or goals are you trying to establish with those younger members of the team in terms of how they engage with and manage the customer relationship? Is there anything in particular that you focus on and try to impart on them? Uh, you know, when when you don't have a lot of experience in any industry and you're just growing, you know, that the playbook is so important, right? You You... Try to stay within the lines, follow it until you feel confident to go outside those lines. And so, especially on the younger teammates or even older teammates who are in a new industry, right? right. Uh, it's truly just 
follow the playbook. It's been proven to work. Um, you know, trust that as your leader, I'm not going to take you down the wrong path because sometimes egos get in the way of great success. Um, and so when you try to teach someone that, right, uh, it usually works, but sometimes people get in their own way to be successful, right? As salespeople. Yeah. It's funny. I, I love it when I, when people bring up the playbook and, you know, stick to the playbook because it takes me back to a, a couple of guests I've had on sales lead dog that started their careers, you know, that have been selling 30, 40 years. Many of us started selling encyclopedias and they yep. were saying that, Hey, if you just follow the script, it will work. And, sure. and so that was, you know, for them, it was like, building that trust that, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to make myself vulnerable. I'm going to do what it says here. Even if it feels awkward to me, I'm going to develop right. those skills and work through that. Um, and so it's, it's funny, like 40 years ago was just as important as it is now. Um, tell me about your success habits. Are there things you do every day that kind of get you into your routine? Yeah. Um, I am a, a gym rat. I've been a gym rat. Uh, since 2012 at this point, um, I believe that you take time and, you know, sometimes I'll work up as much as hard rock, right? Or anything in between. And think about the day. Um, and I can think about your goals that you're and know, and I try to track them down, right? Um, but that first thing in the morning, that quiet time where I'm working out and I'm in my own world, that's how I set myself every single morning for success. Um, and that work personally works for me. And then I get home to my wonderful family and it, and I know what I'm working for every single day. Oh, that's important. It's important to have that, that foundation and that focus and perspective. Yep. Um, um, how do you cultivate candidates as future sales leaders? What are you looking for? You know, I, I would say that when you're, when I'm looking for someone to lead a, a team that I'm, I'm, I have, right, I'm looking for someone who is also a serial optimist, doesn't come across as a uh, all-knowing, all-powerful salesperson, because you know what, you can be in a great sales executive and be a terrible leader. People want to follow what they like and they trust. And, you know, whether you're managing a 18-year-old or a 70-year-old, right, people want to follow people that they believe have the best interest for them, themselves and their families. And so that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone who, who really cares about their team and will lift them up, right? Um, ability <laughs> to do all the other stuff that you need to go to sales later. But I, I really think that just being able to lead from the front right? Not just be that chair, uh, chair coach, right? And be on those sales calls and help them, but not know enough to get out of the way. Sometimes those sales people don't need you as a manager on that sales call, right? right. Uh, I, I terrible managers like that. <laughs> did we expand on that? Like, could you think of back over your career? Did you have a manager or leader that did something that you were like, I will never, if I'm ever in that role, I will never do that. Did you ever have that experience? Yeah. Yeah, early on. Um, I will never forget. Uh, it was early on in my this gentleman um, was running the call center I was working on. And it was the way they talked down to the manager, the individual contributors, 
that was my and probably earlier on in my life but that i'll just always remember of like i will never be that kind of leader i will never treat people with disrespect you know because you know what it's so hard right that when i'm at work and you know you have to can't treat people like dirt <laughs> you know it is um what mistakes do you think you made early on as a sales leader were there any that you could share with us yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, early on, I, I think it was scared to have tough conversations as a sales leader. I was so worried I'd hurt someone's feelings. You know, I tried to have those rose colored glasses. Yeah, hey, you're going to do great. Keep on doing. You'll get better numbers next month. Well, you know what? <laughs> when they don't hit those numbers and then you have to have that tough conversation and they're surprised that they're on a pip or whatever it is. It's uh, <laughs> it was a tough learning early on. It truly was. Um I think it's okay to tell your boss, I don't know. All right, teach me, give me the tools. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll do it, I'll figure it out. And then you, not you, which that's not successful, right? Nice. Um, and so those were some early key learnings for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you were going to, uh, if you're it's going through that process to elevate someone into a leadership role, what advice do you give them? Um, so I, I'm trying to say, figure out the right way to say it. So as a, as a leader who I'm trying to cultivate to, to get to MSF, right, I think it's, it's important that they understand that, and you asked, you said it earlier, so maybe I'll say it this way, it's, you know, what, what are the leaders that they would like to follow, right? Be those leaders. The leaders that you don't what the that guy right or girl uh, that has helped me um, enable and grow some great younger leaders um, that it's uh, again it's lead from the front so if I'm gonna ask a leader to do it first and show how it's done right um, because if I can't do it there's no way I'm gonna ask someone who's never been a leader to do it uh, I who are not honest, right? Who behind the scenes, I don't believe in that. I think you, you're transparent. And so when we're younger leaders, it's about being transparent, good and the bad. I think that helps them learn quicker, right? Right, right. I think one of the toughest things, at least for me, has been letting people fail. You know, when you see them, like, hey, you're going down a path, you, you know, you're going to fall on your face. Sometimes you have to let them fall on their face so they learn. You have to. Yep. Have you ever struggled yep. with that? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, um, early on in my career, even now sometimes, right? It's because yeah, as a human being, right. you know, you it's it just yeah, hundred percent. There, there's not. I don't think there'll ever be a time in my life where I will not struggle to let someone fail. As an empathetic servant leader, my job is for them not to fail because when they fail, I fail. Right. My job is to hire great people. Yep. get out of their way. And right. if, if they're failing, my job is to help them be better. Right. Right. Awesome. Let's shift the conversation a little bit to the technology side. CRM, do you yeah. love it or do you hate it? I, I personally love CRMs. Um, I think that if you use the tools, and I've used a lot of different ones, um, you can be very successful. You don't, what I don't like about it is some leaders take it as a micromanaging tool. Um, if you use it as a enablement tool and you use it the right way and you have it set up the right way with the automations and the reporting and the dashboards 
and uh, commission tools in there, right, for transparency, it can be a great system. Um, and nowadays, you know, it, you don't have to use the big players or the small players. There's so many different ones for so many different industries that my personal point of view is, no matter what, try to find one if you, even if you have a two-person sales team, it will it will help the transparency for the investors. You've got investors, the data's there. It, they're, they're great if done the right way. That's right. And it, it, I 100% agree with you that it is not meant to be a hammer that you use to pound your people. It's supposed to enable them. It's supposed to be it's right. a tool to lift them up and, and support them in their role. Um, what are some of the ways you think people use CRM incorrectly or the wrong way to use CRM? Yeah, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> So from a sales leader perspective, right? I think it again. It's that it's that hammer. They're they're micromanaging every single thing. That's the wrong way to use a CRM. Um, the younger or just sales reps in general, the ones who export the data out and use an Excel spreadsheet and then don't log their information so they don't know what's going on. That's the wrong way to use a CRM, right? Yeah. Um, uh, those who just use it to look up a, a doctor down the street or your target. Right, but then don't log the history of the conversation. That's the wrong way to use it, or not updating the information. You know, maybe your target moved to street, but you don't update it. Well, now marketing is sending mailers to the wrong address, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I've seen a, a lot of the bad, and of course, a lot of the good when it comes to CRMs and good habits. Yeah, um, one of the things that I see a lot in my world is the. Uh, the focus on CRM is really just around sales and marketing. They forget about the, okay, we've closed this as one. Now we have to deliver. Do you have any advice for anyone that uh, uh, may be struggling with that aspect of how they leverage CRM to be successful around, you know, customer success, customer delivery, whatever it is you want to call that. Do you have any advice for yeah. people struggling with that? Yeah, my, my biggest advice is there's so many tools online right now to, to learn how to use the tools the right way, right? I think that, you know, whether you're a sales leader, sales rep, customer experience, you have to be in the shoes of the customer sometimes, right, to see how the tool working. Um, and, and, and please, for sales leaders, sales leaders out there, submit a lead. Go through the flow, Right. See if what's working, what's not working. See the communication, right? To your customers, uh, goes a long, goes a long way of just going the other side of it. Don't just act as the salesperson, or you know, act as the customer and go through the flow of what it feels like on the other end. I promise you, it'll make a huge difference. Yeah, I, I believe that too. Um, Jordan, we're coming up on our time here on Sales Lead Dog. Sure. If people want to reach out, connect with you, learn more about Signature MD, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, LinkedIn's probably the best way to reach out to me. Um, I am crisscrossing, crisscrossing this country, working with my team. And, um, you know, the LinkedIn is always the easiest way. That's awesome. So we will have that information on how to connect with Jordan um, in our show notes. You can get those show notes at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Be sure to check out this episode as well as all the other 100 plus episodes we have of Sales Lead Dog. Uh, Jordan, thank you for coming on to Sales Lead Dog and welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Pack. Yeah, thank you very much. It was uh, great speaking with you today and hope uh, you and your listeners have a great day. 
As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales Lead Dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.